Thank you for joining us. Here at VLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Wow. Oh, all right. Nope, nope, nope. You just sat there. You filthy animal. <laughs> Are y'all ready for Christmas? Couple of you? I'm going to come take your, your tree. Right? Well, I don't have a tree, Reverend. I'm spiritual. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sometimes I like to cut up too much, don't I? My wife said, yeah, you need to calm down. Well, you know that's not going to happen, right? All right, let's dig into this. I have a lot to cover today. This is the uh, final part of our series, and so y'all are going to have to help me, okay? I got to stay focused. I got to get through this. I, thank you, honey. She said I can do it. So we're going we're gonna to move right through. Now, remember, we've been following Luke. We've been going through this journey of faith with him. Uh, obviously, we're honoring the birth of our king during this time. But our focus for this series has been Jesus's mom. We've been looking at her faith, allowing her uh, to inspire us to live our own life of faith, to trust God in the uncertainties of life and maybe even in the things that God may ask of us or tell or inspire in our hearts to do. Many times it's in those moments that we have a tendency to back up a little bit, don't we? Yeah. See, I, I think that uh, uh, this, this talk has been one for me. It's, it's kind of fired me up a little bit. I'm actually believing, and especially after last week's message, I went back and listened to it because I thought, man, it's weird listening to yourself, so you got to get past that. But after I went back and listened to the message, I got fired up. I'm like, man, God is getting ready to do some big stuff in our life, in your life. But, you know, this stuff comes down to believing, Right. You know, as I was putting uh, my thoughts together, just kind of going over my notes this morning, and, in, and I was thinking about believing. It is Christmas, right? And, and I was reminded of Tim Allen's movie, Santa Claus. Was it the second one where Charlie threw the Principal Newman the snow globe? And he said, believing isn't seeing. Seeing is believing. I know some of you think, well, that's a children's movie. Well, that's how faith is, childlike in its realities. The problem with some of you is you've arrived to such a degree of success that faith is a struggle for you. At the end of the day, you're going to have to believe it, right? Now, in Luke's writing, and we've used this throughout the talk, because I cannot overemphasize the importance of the Word of God in your relationship with your Bible, but Luke makes this statement. He says, I'm writing this so that you may know beyond a shadow of a doubt the reality or the reliability of what you've been taught. See, you can count on, you can trust the book. Y'all tough crowd this morning, I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, you can. You can trust it, even when it doesn't make sense, and, and you know that it's going to take you out of, out of what you're comfortable with. You can trust it. You see, what Luke is trying to get us to understand, he's, he's, he's showing us this radical experience of what took place. He's highlighting the truth about the Holy Spirit starting Jesus' introduction into humanity. 
We get to see the story of Christmas. We get to see the story of the baby being born. But you think about this, man. Joseph and Mary's journey, they had to go to another city for a political agenda. Yeah, I know. And they find them, you got to get this, they find themselves giving birth to the Savior of the world in a barn. I'm not supposed to be like that, man. Don't y'all know who he is? Well, actually, no, they didn't. You know, as I look at that account, these young people, their faith, man, it had to be radical just a little bit. And remember last week, we looked at the story of where God sent angels to tell shepherds that this is going to be your sign, that you're going to find him in a manger. And they went looking for him. It's interesting, as I was thinking about this, how God showed shepherds first the coming of the Messiah. I wonder if he's going to let his shepherds know the next time he's about to come back. I think that he's going to remind us to tell our people, I'm coming back. I think we should be ready. If you know anything about end time events, we are right. I mean, everything on the planet is in place. You're like, yeah, but I'm just starting. Well, that's okay. It's not like it's going to end. You get to, Jesus gives us, you know, we get the assurance of eternity. So don't freak out. Yeah, but I just got me a new truck. <laughs> huh? I know, I, I know I've got something really cool under the tree this year. Man, listen, you won't need any of that stuff. You understand me? Yeah, come on. But as you follow this story, one of the things I love about what God will do, he will take everyday simple accounts of society, humanity, and help us to navigate, to, to make us feel like, okay, I, I, can, I can fit into this scenario. I can I could be part of the equation. There's a gentleman in Luke chapter 2. His name is Simeon. Y'all read the story, right, in Luke 2? Okay. Well, the Bible doesn't give us a lot of detail about Simeon other than he is a devout, godly man. He's obviously doing things in the temple because he's there when Joseph and Mary bring the baby Jesus to fulfill some of the things of the law of Moses. And when you look at that particular case, Simeon is there and the Bible doesn't tell us why, but for some reason they give their newborn baby to this guy. I know I'm thinking about it like, mm, probably not. Yeah, I, I've watched moms in here. Y'all like, mm-mm, back up. Uh-uh, he's, new, he's a newborn. Uh, don't even get close. But Simeon is holding the baby, and he begins to prophesy and confirm that this little baby is the written word become the living word. Listen, listen to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. I love the new living. In the beginning, the Word already existed. Say the Word. word. See, I know a lot of us, we look at Jesus and we try to compartmentalize the Bible and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. you, you got to get past that. They're one. Huh? In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word 
was God. He existed in the being. Now, now notice he goes from calling it the word to he. See, that written word that you've had, I, I, I know, I, I, I just heard it again from someone that, that, that I was listening to a, a, an interview with someone, and, and, and they have a platform to speak from, and, and, but just because you have a platform, that doesn't mean you're, you're not going to say dumb stuff. And this is what they said, well, but the Bible was written by man. I'm like, bless your little ignorant heart. <laughs> this is the thing about people and a platform. You, you should probably, when, when you don't know what you're talking about, be humble enough to acknowledge that you don't know. Don't assume you've arrived at a place. And, and you, know our, you know our view. I've taught you better, right? So you know when they say that to you, well, yeah, knucklehead. Yes, man wrote the Bible. We're not debating that. Huh? What they really mean is they don't believe it. Let me take it a little step further. They actually don't believe that it's the word of God talking to them today. They believe it's just stories of maybe, his, maybe history. It's some religious concepts or ideas that is passed down through generation after generation. And in their attempt to support their ungodly belief in whatever view they may have, all they're doing is really revealing the true nature of who they are. They're lost. And so we can't, even though sometimes I want to get mad at them, you can't get mad at them. No, y'all probably never get mad, do you? Yeah. yeah. See, I want you to leave here today with this reality. When you open the book, and it's not just information, but when something that you read comes off the page and it, it all of a sudden it, it, it pierces your soul, at that point it becomes, thus says the Lord to you. It's no longer just ink on page. It's God speaking to you. That's why you just can't take any scripture and say something about it. It has to be a revelation in your life that you believe. You think about Mary. When the angel is standing in front of her and she is, she is just, I'm sure she is mind blown. She's having a conversation with Gabriel. You know, all, most of the angels, they're not highlighted, but Gabriel, man, we, so he's, a, he's, he's probably got a pretty, Cody, he's probably got a serious position in heaven. You know, and God sends Gabriel to talk to her. And she says, so obviously she'd been raised in the things of God. She knew about the truths of God. They're all, everyone's expecting the Messiah. I'm sure that on that day, she was not expecting to be notified by an angel that she's going to be the mama. <laughs> I, I know. Come on, moms, you got to help me. Can you wrap your head around that? I, I want you to give birth to the, the anointed one. Yeah. But the thing I love about her faith is this. Well, okay, Lord, if you say so, what if we had that attitude today? If you found promises from the book and you were just crazy enough, okay, God, I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't see a way. See, the thing is, when you look at the scriptures, God keeps us in mind in these things. This is what I love about this story with Simeon. He's just an everyday, regular guy. He doesn't really get highlighted in the scriptures, no titles, positions, none of that, none of that stuff. But God will take everyday people like him and say, listen, I put him in here in the book for you. See, Simeon 
just minding his own business. But the Lord had came to him and told Simeon that he would get to see the Christ before he leaves the planet. Listen to his words in Luke chapter 2. He begins to prophesy. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. According to what? According to your word. In other words, according to what you told me, God, it, it's, he's holding the living word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. If you follow on in John's passage there in John 1, when you get down to verse 14, it actually says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. His name is Emmanuel. He goes on to say, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles or to the ungodly, to us, and the glory of your people. Israel. He's holding the anointed one in his hands. And, and Simeon says, you told me this would happen. Some of the small things throughout, you, you know, I think there are over 400 prophetic words in the Old Testament about Jesus. And they all came true. See, you, you need to understand that the, your Old Testament, I say this with caution because there is some crazy radical stuff that happens in the Old Testament. You, you got to tread lightly with the Old Testament. You have to be rooted and grounded in the new to even go there and comprehend something. You want to know why there's so much goofiness in the body of Christ? Because they try to interpret the, the Old Testament without the new. You can't do it. Jesus actually hung the old law on the cross. It, it's done. See, Matthew lets us know a little different, or gives us a little different glimpse into Jesus' journey, though. Because Luke, we've been following him, but, but Luke leaves this part out. But I, so it's good for you to go back and forth and look at the different accounts of the disciples. But in Matthew's account, he lets us know that a, once again, an angel shows up. I mean, I, it, it's, the more that I look at this, I keep seeing, they just, it's angels all the time. I'm like, man. Now, here's the thing. We have the Holy Spirit in us today. So don't go looking for an angel because the, the enemy would love to mess with your head. Because the Bible says that he can appear as an angel of light. So don't go looking for angels. Okay. But in Matthew's account, the angel shows up and tells Joseph and Mary, take the baby and move to Egypt. Why? Because there is this psychopath, demonic influence king named Herod. And he's wanting to find out who the Christ is and kill him. But you know the story, the wise man go a different way and he doesn't be, he's not able to track them and find out the things he needs to find out. And so he says, well, let's just kill all the kids that's two years old and under. I know you think we live in trying to what was going on then. I mean, this nut job, he said, I want all babies two years old and under. Go, he told the army, go get them and kill them. I know we read that stuff and we think, oh, okay, yeah, the, the, the king told me. Are you for real right now? How many of you would lose your mind on that? I'm like, you better not come in the door. Y'all would, okay. And so they moved to Egypt for a season. And then the Lord once again reveals to them, okay, Herod's dead. And so they return. Now watch this. On their journey back, they stop at Nazareth. Why? 
because it was written that he would be called a Nazarene. So he's once again in the natural, they're just following the leading of the Lord, but they are fulfilling scripture every step of the way. So he becomes, he's, he lives there for a season. Now he's called a Nazarene. Yeah. And then back to Luke in Luke chapter two, the Bible says, then the child grew and he became strong in spirit. Now this is Jesus, right? I know a lot of you all, you've been taught this your whole life, so you still love this message. Yeah, but that was Jesus. Pay close attention to this passage, okay? The child grew and became strong in spirit. Can God be weak in spirit? I mean, see, y'all don't even want to play with me today, do you? You don't even want to go there. Now, if, if, he was, if, if everything he did was just all God, God doesn't need to grow strong in spirit. Come on, you all. How many of you believe God is filled with wisdom? It says here that he, got, he, he, they, he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. And Jesus increased. Remember Luke's writing? He, Luke is writing from the Son of Man perspective. Remember I told you in session one, over 26 times they refer to, Luke refers to Jesus as Son of Man. See, he's wanting us to see the human side of who the anointed one is. And he increased in wisdom. He increased in stature. And then, then, then I came across this part, Jack, and it messed with my head. And he increased in favor with God. What? Did Jesus have to? He, the, the human Jesus, just like you, Jesus is the firstborn. You may be the millionth born, the ten millionth born. We have to increase. We have to grow in the grace See, this is the human side of what we see the firstborn doing, yielding to the Holy Spirit, yielding to God's nature inside him. And here's the thing. The, the realities of our Savior becoming king of kings. Take a second here. It hinges on this young girl's crazy, radical faith. Be it unto me, Lord. Okay. You want me, you want me to, to, it's not like she can make it happen, but she said, she, obviously her faith was involved in this because she said, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm your servant. See, one of our big takeaways, you got to get this today. There will be times that in your next step of faith, we touched on this last Sunday, but I want to just remind you all, there's going to be times in your journey that God's going to come to you, and it's going to seem crazy, the thing he wants you to do. It won't make sense. But just maybe like Mary, just maybe that's what God's looking for today. I think God is looking for some radical people to say, right here, God, what you, what you need me to do. Now, now understand, God knows right where you're at, just like he knew right where Mary was. If he didn't think Mary was capable, he would not have came to her with that. See, so you got to get this today. So if God, comes to, if God comes to you with something, stop trying to analyze every part of it. Stop trying to figure out how you're going to do it. Are you for real right now? There are things that God's wanting to do through some of you all, and you're going to have to move past your intellectual accomplishments that you've achieved. You're going to have to lay your successes and your titles and positions aside for a second and say, right here, Lord, 
I don't know what that looks like, but be it unto me. Yeah. Remember what the prophet said in the Old Testament? All the days of your life were written in the book before the first day. God has plans for you. Now, I'm not talking about this predestination stuff that some people try to preach. You have a predestined way, but just like Mary, just like everybody in this room, just like everybody that's confessed Jesus, you have to choose to follow Jesus. You have to pick that way. But he does have a way that's laid out for you, a way to prosper you, a way of success for you. Yeah. All the days of your life have been planned out. You see, the thing that you have to realize is this, <clears throat> that, that thing that's on your heart, that, uh, that dream, that crazy idea, that passionate desire, just remember who gave it to you. Now, that doesn't mean that there won't be challenges or difficulties. I mean, you look at Joseph and Mary's life. You know, when, when I look at some of you, I wanna, when, when I watch Dr. Wilkins and I see the sacrifice he made with his family to get to where he is today, that was a dream that God gave him a long time ago. But now look at what he's doing. But, it, but he, he still had to do what God told him to do. He still had to make the sacrifice, the commitment. See, I know some of us, we just want God to boom. I think the p-p-pooms already happened. And all you got to do is st- 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 step. Come on. I, 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 know it, I know it's not always easy, but who's, where, where's the easy scripture at? See, if you're following God in the middle of challenge and uncomfortable, difficult stuff, he still got you. There's a peace that'll pass understanding. There'll be a joy that'll rise up inside right in the middle of everything crumbling. I mean, you, you're, like, you're still laughing. Like, and your friends are like, what's wrong with you, man? Huh? See, you have to understand the way the kingdom of heaven works. Just like our master grew in every aspect of his reality, everything, say everything. Everything about the kingdom of heaven works this way. It's as a man sows a seed. That's how it works. And so on our own faith journey, regardless of how crazy it might seem, there's the seed of the promise of God that you've gotten a revelation of, and if you don't let go of it, it will produce fruit in your life. I know, you know, let me just use myself for an example. There are some young ministers that I follow, and I mean, I, these young guys, I love to watch them. I mean, they have blown up with these massive ministries and global church outreach stuff, and I'm like, Lord, what's the deal? I want that. Well, they come by wanting. First of all, I don't know if that's my path, you know, maybe, I don't know. What I do know is that I have to stay focused where I'm at and stop looking at somebody else. I bring that up because many of, many of us, this is what we're guilty of. We're so occupied with somebody else's stuff. You got to quit that junk. God's called you, huh? What if Mary was looking at Elizabeth? God, why don't you just pick Elizabeth? Huh? No. Stop looking at other people. Let me take it a step further. Stop questioning yourself. Huh? Tim, God didn't call you to do all those crazy things you're doing because, you know, he wanted me to do it. See, we have to be open to these things, but you have to understand there will be times in your journey that God's way is going to be different. It won't make sense to you. 
Let me show you this. Isaiah chapter 55. I know you know this, but just bear with me. God is speaking. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Now, he lets us know. Now, he didn't say that you can't operate in my ways. He just said my ways, they're not like yours. Hmm? Verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my words higher than your ways, or my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts They're higher than your thoughts. I think God's telling the prophet Isaiah to tell us, I think in a different dimension than you. And then he says this, because he's trying to, he's trying to bring this kingdom of reality home. He says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and they do not return, but they water the earth and they make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread for the eater. So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth, it will not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please, and it will prosper in the thing that I send it to. Who said that? Huh? God said that. So if you've got a word from the Lord, well, I've been waiting to hear a word from the Lord for a long time, Reverend. Are you for real? Waiting to hear You got a whole book in front of you. You don't have to wait a second. All you got to do is find a promise from God and let it become a seed in your soul until it begins to grow. According to God's words out of the book of Isaiah, my word will not return. If I'm telling you, you're going to prosper, but you got to do it my way, says the Lord. You can't keep doing your own thing and then say, oh, God bless this. No. You have to be willing to put in the time and develop yourself and make yourself available to the things of God. That was one of the things when I was using Trevor. Uh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't call him Trevor. He's a doctor now, Dr. Wilkins. He made the sacrifice. I remember times, I mean, he, I mean he'd have to study and, and read and study and read and study and read. And, and then I'm like, dang. Say Sacrifice. See, guys, I, I know we don't like that, especially if we've, if we've been here for a little while, if we're a little older. I'm not, I'm, I'm not Will, I'm, I'm really not ready for change. I'm talking to Will the other day. We, we were talking about some things because we, we, they were working on my sign. And Will said, well, man, you know, the, the lift that you got, it doesn't go all the way up. <laughs> I hope nobody from OSHA is around. <laughs> I said, Will, what I normally do is I put a ladder in the lift. <laughs> I know you all would, ever, you would never do anything like that. <laughs> he, and, and, but, but his point was, he says, well, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> well, you know, he's probably got more wisdom than I do. Yeah, right? I remember when we were doing this building project, we were all up in this ceiling. I mean, we would take the lift up as far as we go, and then we'd climb up on the top of the lift, and we're standing on the lift up. Yeah. I know y'all would never do anything like that, right? No. Yeah. See, there will be times that it's... Now, I'm not telling you to do dumb stuff like my suggestion to Will. But if Will said, yeah, I'm like, I'll hold the ladder for you, brother. (laughs) Yeah. You see, guys, what God is looking for today, he's looking for people that, that 
you know, that will just believe him. And here's the thing. Let me, let me rephrase that. I think he's looking for he, he simply wants us to believe him. This ought to be one of your take homes today. You might ought to make, make some notes of this. He's looking for people that will believe in him as much as he believes in us. Huh? See, God, he believes in you. He knows you can do it. Ah, I don't know about that, Lord. You ever told God that? I don't know about that, God. You want me to do what? Yeah. This is why the Apostle Paul drives this reality home that we are to walk by faith. Not by sight. We are to live our lives. Listen very carefully. This is out of 2 Corinthians. We are to live our lives in a manner that is consistent with our confident belief in him. We are to live our lives in a manner that is consistent with what you believe. Are you living a life in a manner consistent with what you believe? Or do you waver? Are you like James, a man that's tossed different, different ways with different teachings and opinions and philosophies? Well, you know, I know that's in the word, Lord, but. Huh? You see, living by faith, not by. Now, when I make this statement, I probably need to do some clarification here. But living by faith, not by senses, not by emotion, not by intelligence or experiences, it does require this divinely inspired trust. Now, in saying that, that doesn't mean that we just shut the door to intelligence, senses. How many of you are emotional people? I know y'all didn't want to say nothing, but I'm your, I'm your shepherd. Yeah, yeah, you're emotional. Some of you extreme <laughs> emotional. Yeah. It's not that we just tabled those things. I mean, our senses... You know, I, I was somewhere the other day, and I was out walking in, in, in there's some restaurants and stuff around, and I smelled, I smelled barbecue. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, you're like, oh, man, that's a good, that's a good sense. You, you like that, right? Huh? You go into your house, and, and, and your wife or, somebody, or your mom's cooking one of your favorite, like, oh, baby, it's on now. Senses, Yeah. Those, those are things, you know, experiences. Those are wonderful things. How many of you, you definitely need intelligence? Without a doubt, don't just table your intelligence. But you do not let your intelligence govern your faith. Mm -mm, yeah, no, I don't have you on that. I got two people right here. Guys, you cannot, if, if you allow your intelligence to govern your faith, you will never accomplish what God wants you to. I promise you, God is going to want to take you to a place that will stretch you beyond your intellect. See, God has designed us to live this way. Remember we talked about it last week? Tracy has a little convertible sports car. I got a Tundra. They're designed to do different things. Yeah. That's the thing that you have to be aware of. You're, you're built for faith. I don't know about you all, but how many of you like roller coasters? A couple of you? I cannot stand. I mean, now, I used to, when I was a youth pastor, you know, back with Daniel Boone, but, uh, <laughs> but we used to go, I used to take the kids to Kings Island. And I'm telling you, I mean, I did it because I, would, I, would, I didn't want them to make fun of me. <laughs> but if you, if you ever saw some of those pictures of when I'm, you know, the, you, you know, that thing, they probably, that was old school. They probably don't make that noise anymore, do they? They probably just, you're up. 
But it, the going up part, I was cool with the going up part. It never bothered me. But, but when you get to that right there, and then all of a sudden, everything in here just like, woo, it's right here. You're like, ah! Right? I know. I wasn't built for that. <laughs> you understand? I don't know that anybody really is. I don't know. Some people love that stuff. You know, like I was telling you last week, one of my mentors that, you know, God told you to buy a shopping mall. Well, he was, a, he, was a, he was actually a top gun pilot. I don't know if you know what that means or not, but they do stupid stuff in planes. You know? I mean, crazy, upside down. All, yeah, those, those rides. And the, 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 Cody, the minute I got a little sideways, I'm like, <laughs> See, some people you might be built for some of that crazy stuff. All y'all, those of you listening and watching, all of you, you built for faith. God made you that way. The problem is, in, unless, you, unless you're willing to step out and, and, and try some of this stuff, you'll never find out. See, God designed us to live this way, so you got to get to the place where you allow what he says to shape you, to strengthen you, to develop those beliefs, to develop how you actually Live. You see, Mary's simple act of faith, it was going to change everything about her life. From that moment when she said, be it unto me, Lord, her whole world shifted. I mean, she moved to stay with Elizabeth for a few months. Next thing you know, she's got to move to Egypt for a while and then to Nazareth for a while. And Huh? I know some of us, we don't even want to change our schedule. Lord, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll do some of that stuff for you. If you, you know, I, I got, I got, and you'll, you'll pull your calendar out for God. I know y'all would never pull your calendar out for God, but huh? My staff, if you go to their office right now, it's called the calendar room. Uh, they, they have, I mean, wall to wall, all the way around. Whole year. Calendar, I'm like, like, Pastor, we just like to keep stuff in front of us so we know what's going on. We're trying to keep you in line. Yeah. Huh? yeah. I don't know if it's working or not. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. When you, when you look at Mary's, okay, God, when you look at what she says, remember last week we highlighted this, it started with this humble, submissive, yet courageous heart of faith. Behold, remember, your maidservant of the Lord. Make no mistake about it, humility plays a big role in the journey of faith. And here's the thing, can we be real for just a second? Every one of us today, right now, every one of us in this room, we, are, we right now function within the boundaries of our current belief system. Right now we do. And the thing is, I am convinced just like with Mary, God saw something in Mary's heart before he tapped her on the shoulder, before he sent Gabriel to her. There are things that God has, has seen in your heart that he knows you're capable of. Should you be willing, like Mary, to be, number one, humble enough to say, okay, God, here we go. I just wonder how many of us would actually be as bold as Mary. Hmm? Yeah, Lord, I'll do it. What you need? Give what? Go where? 
Come, come on, y'all. I, I, I know, I, I know you, you, you know, that, that's, that's your job, preacher. Listen very carefully. These ain't preacher verses. Y'all hearing me? God didn't say, I'm going to send my word for preachers. He said, I'm going to call preachers to go preach my word. Yeah. But the word is for anybody that believes. See, as you begin to follow Jesus, I mean, think about it. Go back and follow his life through the Gospels. How many times did he say stuff like this? Well, according to your faith, let it be done. He didn't say according to my great power. It's according to your faith. That's the thing. How often have we found ourselves, maybe not intending to, but nonetheless, this is kind of where we are. We find ourselves over in unbelief concerning something because it didn't make sense to us. You ever been there? Yeah. God's, God's put an idea in your heart. See, most of the time, listen, unlike because you're born again, chances are God's not sending Gabriel to you. Okay, so calm down with that. Because you have the Holy Spirit inside you, God's going to speak to you and it's going to seem just like an idea because you are born again. You are spiritual and he is a spirit. And so when he speaks to your spirit, your soul has to process spiritual stuff. That's, that's called free will. And so when God drops a nugget in your spirit, you're like, hmm. and then we go with our, is that you, God? You sure you want me to do you want, you want me to do that? Yeah, you. This is the thing you got to understand. God's constantly looking for people. Because chances are he knows this, that over the course of our, our life, he'll come to every one of us. And we'll say no, we'll ignore, we'll not now, we'll no, tell the preacher. And then all of a sudden he'll, he'll, he'll try something and then he, he like, whew, there's one that says, okay, Lord. Huh? This is what he's looking for. But so often we struggle with it because it doesn't make sense to us. It takes us out of our comfort zone. Many times, I can tell you from experience, when you're, when you're trying to step out and do things, and, and, and you ever find yourself, because you've gotten used to people, you treat them different? I know, I can tell you stories of when, you know, I, I, I can be around people. And you know, some people have a more colorful language than others. You ever notice that about them? And I mean, and when, when you first get around some of them, Cody, I mean, they're just letting it rip, man. I mean, just gutter mouth. It's just flowing like a river. And then we, get, we, we move on in the conversation, and then all of a sudden, well, well what, what do you do anyway? I'm like, man, come on. I'm a motivational speaker. And I'm like... Because here's the thing, the minute you, the minute you drop the work, the minute you drop pastor, everything, everything puckers up. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, why are you sorry now? I got the same ears. Same. Now you're sorry because I'm a, right? But this, I cannot imagine what it was like for Jesus. Huh? Can I show you a quick story? In Mark chapter six, check this out. Because now Jesus is grown. 
He's been, he's been going around and doing some things uh, ministry-wise. And in Mark chapter 6, verse 3, it starts with this. Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary? Huh? This Jesus. There's his brothers, James and Joseph and Judas and Simon. There's his sisters. This is Jesus, Mary's boy, right? Yeah, he just built the deck for me last week. Yeah, that's him, right? The carpenter's son. Huh? Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. And now he could do no mighty works there. What? You know, I thought about this stuff, Jack. I know everybody thinks, yeah, but that was Jesus. He can do what he wants. Not according to Mark chapter 6, he couldn't. He could do no mighty works there except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. So two things I want you to see here. Number one, he couldn't do any mighty works. Number two, he doesn't, he doesn't even consider healing a mighty work. That's just one of the things. Uh, let, me, let me have another shot of my Starbucks in the name of, you know, he didn't, he didn't actually say, Jesus didn't have to say in the name of Jesus. I mean, it was, <laughs> he just said be healed, you know. But, and he marveled because of their unbelief. See, this is the thing I want you to understand. Un the enemy knows that unbelief will stop the power of God from working. He's, he's showing us in his hometown, is he Jesus? Isn't it? I know y'all didn't come to help today, but he's Jesus. His mom's there, his brothers and sisters is there. Nobody was open to him being the Messiah. Isn't this, isn't this Mary's boy? Hmm? I mean, he came up, mama, you know, he came over last year and fixed your back door. That's Jesus. You remember the carpenter. Nobody, nobody was open to Messiah. And he's not running around with a banner, you know. They, were, they would not accept him for who he was because they could not believe it because of what they saw, what they heard. Nonetheless, he was Jesus, but he, there he couldn't do any mighty works there. Why not? Because they didn't believe it. Guys, I want you to understand something. This whole thing, this whole series about crazy faith, about being under me, it, it is all about you believing this stuff. You got to believe that Jesus still heals. You got to believe that he will prosper you. He will be faithful. He will bless what you put your hand to. You got to believe it. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then... Here's the, here's the solution to unbelief. He went about all the villages in a circuit teaching. The cure for unbelief is truth. Truth makes you free. Not religious opinion, not denominational philosophies, truth. See, this is one of the things, this is why society struggles so much with the church today is because we try to cram our denominational philosophy, our, our way of doing it, down their throat. And you got to stop that junk. Tell them truth. Not opinion, truth. How do I get truth? Open the book. Huh? And sometimes, guys... <laughs> I say this cautiously, but it would do you good sometimes to drop the phrase, 
Well, the Bible says, just say it. Huh? Just say it. Just tell what the Bible says. The word of God is living power. You don't have to give the title the Bible says for it to be powerful. We're going to try this again next Sunday because y'all. See, Jesus faced unbelief everywhere he went. Even with those that walked the closest with him. You think about this. Some of these guys, at the end of the journey, before he's going to the cross, after he told them so many things, after he showed them so many things, he still had to ask them this question. How is it that you have no faith? I mean, you've been with me. Andrew, you've been with me this whole time. How is it you ain't got no faith, man? You saw the blind man's eyes open. Huh? You saw me make the storm stop. And you don't, you don't believe? Those closest to him struggle with it. So stop beating yourself up because you're not there yet. See, the, remember as we started our talk, the things of the kingdom of heaven, they work as a man sows a seed. See, some of you all have the seed of the truth of God inside you, but you've got to water that stuff. You've got to allow it to grow. There are things that I speak over my life all the time. You know, like we were talking about with the story of, with, with uh, Mike Todd out in Oklahoma with the sports arena. Well, my staff was talking about our new building this week. How many of y'all talking about the new building this week? Oh, well, you know, I didn't really think about it. Start thinking about it. Huh? See yourself. Pick, pick, your, pick your chair. Where, where are you going to sit at? Huh? I'm not kidding. I went and took pictures yesterday of some buildings because we're starting to get an idea of what it's going to look like. Huh? Because when I first started this, I wanted this big, cool, modern building, you know. But the more that I thought about it, we live in Kentucky. And I was out on one of the roads, and I don't know if y'all ever been out in the country, but we have some of the most beautiful, stupid, expensive horse barns on the planet. And I drove by one, and I'm like, man. Well, that horse barn probably costs more than my church. I'm not kidding. It's a barn. Well, you know, Jesus, he could relate to a barn. He, he was born it. Anyway, I was looking. Now, the inside will be modern and cool, but the, the, the architectural view, I mean, I'm like, man, I want that look. So I'm starting to see. Before I had that sermon last week, I wasn't thinking anything about it. I'm like, oh, we, we'll get it when we get it. Now I'm starting to see something. Isn't that crazy? I think sometimes you got to have that in you. You know, there's, uh, there's a story in, uh, where is it at? It's, it's in, oh, it's in the book of Joshua. It's about Joshua, duh. <laughs> but God tells Joshua. Now, he's, now understand, God told Moses to tell Joshua 40 years ago. And only Joshua and Caleb wanted to do it, right? And so now it's Joshua's turn. And he says, Joshua, now, now this is very, I can't remember where the passage is. I think it's in maybe Joshua 6 somewhere, but he says this, Joshua, see. Is it Joshua 6? Thank you, Jack. He says this, Joshua, see. 
I have given you Jericho. But he, well, he couldn't see it in the natural that he'd given it to him. So he had to see something how, you all? Inside. He had to see this. He had to see because he'd already been told the first time to go conquer the land. Now listen, the same giants still live there. The same obstacles, the same difficulties and challenges. They're all still there. But this time God is telling Joshua, see, I need you to see this, son. I have given this to you. Now go in and possess it. There are, some, there are some things in your life that you're believing for and you're still waiting on, waiting on, waiting on God. And God is saying, see, I have given it to you. Go get it. Go get it. See, at the end of the day, faith, it's just a decision. Not based on intelligence, not based on circumstances. Not even based on emotion, because I know sometimes I can preach a sermon like this and you get all excited, like, yes, I'm believing God, I'm believing God, and then Tuesday comes. And all that excitement and stuff is gone. See, God wants you at a place where you're expecting 100% based on what he told you. Remember last week we brought up Proverbs chapter 3? I found this in the message paraphrase, and I'm going to get you out of here with this. But in Proverbs, well, mate, it's... But listen to, the, listen to the message. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Watch this very carefully. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. <laughs> and everybody say, oh yeah, we got that one. Right? Listen for God's voice. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go. He's the one that'll keep you on track. And then I love this right here. This is for a whole bunch of us today. Don't assume you know it all. Even if you are successful, even if you have reached this certain place with your walk of faith, don't assume you know it all. Run to God. Run to God. See, this is the thing, guys. You have to understand, this is why Paul wrote his Holy Spirit-inspired prayer in the book of Ephesians. He says this, Lord, open the eyes of my spirituality so that I can comprehend what you've already done. Like he told Joshua, see, I have given it to you. Go in and possess the land. I mean, you think about this. If he is the great I am, the word from all existence, the beginning, the end, could it be that real faith is simply enforcing a reality that he's already made available? I've already done it. I've already told you this. Jericho is yours, Joshua. Take your men and go get it. This is why the, re the, the, the eternal reality of Mary, this is the wonderful thing about her bold statement of faith. I mean, she was stepping over into a completely different dimension. Be it unto me, Lord. When Joshua and his, his people had to go into Jericho with the giants, with the fortified city. You understand, hist historians tell us that the walls of Jericho were massive at that time in history. They had chariot races on top of them. And then he said this. 
Now what I want you to do is just walk around the city and then go back home and shut up. Walk around the city, don't open your mouth because most of us when we open our mouth, negative, unbelieving junk. Oh, did you see how big those walls are? Did you see those chariots? I mean, that guy looks like Gladiator up there. Oh no. Come on. He said, don't say a word. Yeah, but what if they're probably gonna think we're crazy. Crazy faith. Yeah, yeah. Walk around the city. Walk around the city. Walk around the city. Remember my story I was telling you last week about my mentor in Chicago that built that bought a shopping mall? A mall. I know y'all are cool with that, but a mall. He he tells the story. Dustin, they ran out of money. And he said one day, because they, they were still meeting in their other building, they got the roof tore off of it, and he said one day all the equipment was just gone. All the construction workers, gone. They ran out of money, and people in the community were making fun of them. Now hang on, because what I'm getting ready to tell you, you're like, well, would God do that? He's praying about it. Lord, what's going on? He said, get your people and go march around. (laughs) Y'all probably ain't ready for this. Get your people and go march around the building. What's that going to do? I don't know what it's going to do, but God said, do it. We doing it. So they went and they marched around their busted halfway finished building, marching around it. And then they went back to, to the church. And he said within a couple of days, it was like a tidal wave hit and money started rolling in. Huh? Now listen. What are you telling me, preacher? Do I need to go march around my job? I'm not. First of all, I'm not telling you to do anything. And just because God told him to march around the building, doesn't mean he's going to tell you to do it. But if God, what if God tells you to go speak to something? Regardless of what it is, if you've got the word of God to back you up, huh? Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. When you think about Gideon, he's hiding, scared. And God comes and says, listen, wait a minute, another angel. Take on them angels. They're always putting you in these scary spots, aren't they? See, this is the thing. Today, as I'm thinking about this, as, I, as I'm, this is closing number two. As God begins to put things on your heart to do, steps of faith for us to take as a local body, but also individually. You know, I think back at, at Mary's example of how bold she was in her faith. I can't help but wonder if Mary was here today. I wonder if she'd talk to us like a mom does, her kids. Like, now you listen to me, boy. Like, yes, ma'am. Huh? See, I, I, I just, I have to let her example kind of stir in us a little bit. You can't. Guys, I want you to understand something. That kind of faith, I, I don't think for a second that God gives any of us these new lives just to do our own thing until we get to heaven. I don't buy that junk. It doesn't line up with the book. God has plans and purposes for every one of his children. 
Was he going to call me to quit my job? Probably not. He probably blessed you with the job, so don't quit it. I know some of you want to. Don't. Matter of fact, thank you, Lord. This is for somebody today. Stop complaining about your job. Stop it. Because every time you gripe about it, you're stuck right there. You're light in this world. Now, if you don't like the job, ask God about it. If he tells you you can leave, then leave. But see, a lot of people, you know what I've learned? Johnny, you know what I've learned? A lot of people, they won't even, they won't even check with God about a job. Well, bless God, I just don't like what they did. I'm out. And then you're calling the church. Can you help me with my mortgage payment? I quit my job. I'm like, you big dummy. Huh? See, guys, I want you to, I want you to let this settle into your soul today. We are made. We are made for the supernatural. We've, we're built this way. We're made for the impossible. Just like Mary. I mean, you think about it. Today, I want you to leave it here with this thought just seared in your soul. Would God, like Mary, would God lead you into a situation where you have to count on him? Yeah. See, this is the thing we have to be open to today. And so, this Christmas, as we're celebrating, as we're having fun, I want, I want you to leave here today with this driving passion inside you that God's gonna use you to affect change in your circle. That he is, he, I believe that some of you, the things, there, there are dreams and ideas that you have kind of let slip. And this talk is just turning the heat up on that. Well, be it unto me, Lord, let's go. Whatever, you, whatever it is, I'm with you. I'm with you, yeah? That's the wonderful, <laughs> I can't keep telling y'all stories, can I? I was going to tell you about Jonathan's armor bearer. He said, whatever, whatever it is, Lord, or he, the armor bearer told Jonathan, whatever's on your heart, let's go. I'm with you. Yeah, that's all God's looking for, right? This life, what you need to understand, you all, everything about this kind of life, not a religious life, a life that's built on a relationship with a real person named Jesus. It all starts with that one simple act of faith. You, you got to be part of the family for any of this to be a reality. Religion doesn't work. History has proven that over the years. Religion doesn't work. But a relationship with Jesus every time, it'll take you from glory to glory, from faith to faith. But you got to start with this first little step. So if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, if you never said a prayer asking him to come into your heart, today's the day. For those of you listening, those of you watching, give Jesus a chance. Take a step of faith today. Say this simple prayer with us. Everybody, let's help them with it. If you're here, say it. If you're listening or watching, say the prayer. Give Jesus a chance. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. Now we'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said the prayer you're here, stop by our information desk. Let somebody know. For those of you listening or watching, call somebody, tell somebody, man, the greatest thing in your life just happened. All right, guys, now listen, it's Christmas week, right? So we're going to walk in love. We're going to be full of joy when we're out in public. Say amen.
Okay, I, yeah. because you know the opportunity awaits you to be light to somebody today, right? So go be light today. You all have a beautiful Christmas. Don't forget about our Christmas Eve service on Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. and then we'll see you that, uh, there for a little bit. Uh, but you guys have a wonderful week. We love you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.